Hello out there in podcast land. Welcome to the Retirement Coach Podcast. I'm Mike Keenan, your host. Today's edition is entitled Downsizing Struggles with Children. For those of you who have one child, Downsizing will not afford many problems, but when you have two or more adult children like we have, there will be inevitable issues. We are in the process of downsizing in order to sell our home, to move into something smaller and more manageable, like perhaps a cottage or a chicken coop or perhaps an apartment so I don't have to worry about cutting grass and gardening, which I actually love but find increasingly hard to do. Since we are both in our 70s, my spouse and I have accumulated a fair amount of gear, some still essential and useful, and other items not so useful, but nevertheless often bearing warm memories of happy family days gone by. We all have tons of these seemingly silly items, and it's hard to give them up. Yes, we have engaged in a few garage sales in order to get rid of the incidental stuff for which we have no deep affection. But there are many items left, and the question arises, who gets what? To begin with, I do not want to replay the King Lear scenario with his three daughters. He suggested dividing up his kingdom based upon which daughter most professed her love for him. Two daughters, you may recall, were insincere and nasty, and Cordelia, the remaining daughter who truly loved the king, did not end well. I think Shakespeare was trying to tell us something about reality and appearance. Anyway, I do not have a kingdom like Lear, and our tangible holdings are much less impressive. But we do have two daughters whom we love very much. One is seven years older, so there might be a seniority issue but neither one has seen fit to alienate us in any major way, except that they both call us quite frequently and they repeatedly ask questions like, did you remember to take your meds? What are you going to eat for supper tonight? Did you get your exercise today? Basic questions like that, like the FBI might ask informants. I think that they are sincerely interested in our welfare, unlike two of King Lear's daughters. Sometimes I like to have some fun with their incessant question. Once I told them that we had ice cream for supper. Amazingly, soon after that, we started receiving ready-to-cook pre-made meals left mysteriously at our front door. I like the lasagna very much, and the Thai curry chicken is good. But often I find the rice dishes a tad dry. Both of our lovely children live about eight hours away by car, so our visits are irregular. Both lovely children are gainfully employed, so there are no money issues. Our youngest, Kelly, has three young boys, and our eldest, Karen, has no children, but loves to play with Kelly's kids, and they all love their Aunt Karen. So seemingly a supportive, loving scenario one would surmise on first glance, but the issue of who gets what looms in the darkness of the night, speaking poetically, that is. I have thought long and hard about this problem, which you might share with your progeny. I suspect that ours are slightly nicer than yours. Parents are funny that way. They're always boasting about their children. Our daughters, unfortunately, are both lawyers, so I cannot truly boast about them. And the fact that they are lawyers might cause further legal problems with items that they might wish to obtain from us, their loving parents. Accordingly, I devised a letter to our children, which you might like to use as a template with your own. All you have to do is change the names to avoid potential legal difficulties. I will now read my letter as follows. Dear Karen and Kelly, 
As you know, Karen has decided to visit us this weekend. Kelly, this is just a quick note of warning about your older sister, who says that she's coming for a social visit, but I believe she intends to liberate many of our heirlooms and objects dirt that we have amassed over the years, and to which I think you should have an equal opportunity to claim. Case in point, prior to her visit, she has probably tried to dissuade you from bidding on our life-size Canadian Tire Plastic Owl, which I have recently had appraised on the popular TV program Antiques Roadshow, and I was shocked to see that its value, like most pieces of art, had truly grown to, would you believe, three times what I originally paid. It is now listed at an incredible $19.99, and I am sure that with proper care, as we have given, its value like a blue-chip stock will continue to escalate. Besides its intrinsic value, the so-called living garden owl has many other attributes. For one, it helps to keep pigeons away. I can truly attest to the fact that we have never had a pigeon problem once we acquired the owl. It does not scare away pretty cardinals and squawky blue jays, but it does seem to put the fear of God in pigeons. Next, it's made of durable construction. We have hung this owl in some nasty places, and it has survived rain, sleet, and snow. And like the proverbial mailman, it has never failed us and remains intact. Next, it features a hand-painted finish. Visitors will insist that it's real until you take it down and allow them try to run their fingers through its plastic feather. It is beautifully detailed. No wonder it instills fear in pigeon. And finally, it coordinates with classic style grouping. Kelly, I think that this attribute applies to your lovely backyard pool area. And I'm sure that your boys would enjoy swimming with it. It floats nicely and they could use it as a life buoy. There are many owls in the Harry Potter movies and books. Harry's owl, Hedwig, is a snowy owl. I suppose your children could paint the owl white if they wanted. It would be a group decision. And as you probably know from your extensive university studies, the owl symbolizes great wisdom. You could use it like hockey teams use a hat or some other iconic object to award to the player of the game in the dressing room. I think a suitable use might be to establish between your three boys the Smartest Boy of the Week award and each Sunday ceremoniously present the owl to the winner. Your boys seem quite competitive, so that might be a fun approach. The winner could take the owl to his room and even sleep with it if so desired. Plastic owls will not soil the bed. Karen has pretended that she is not interested in the owl, but I think that she secretly covets it. Maybe she wants to try to scare away the raccoons that climb up on her porch. Anyway, this is merely a heads up. Another item that might cause trouble between you two sisters is the post hole digger that is currently hanging in the garage but needs a welcoming family. The post hole digger is both an effective tool and, like the owl, an object of art. You've probably seen inside restaurants that cover their walls with old farm tools like long tooth saws, rusty barbed wire, hay forks, and such. A lovely historical effect, don't you think? The post hole digger would be the perfect centerpiece on a recreation room wall in your house. And if you needed to use it outside, you could just unhook it from the wall. Or you might employ it as a conversation piece at your front door. So when people visit, they would be impressed, particularly when you tell them you're going to build a fence or a deck. There are many more items like the owl and post hole digger. And we do not want to see any conflict emerge between you two sisters. 
Your mother suggests that we place the names of these items on pieces of paper and then have a draw to see who gets what. That sounds fair. What do you think? Love your father. If you want to know about the exciting life of a retiree, listen to more podcasts here. Those with puzzling questions about retirement can contact me at mjk6648 at gmail.com. And don't forget about my book, Don't Ever Quit, a journal of coping with crisis and nourishing spirit, available in paperback and as an ebook from Amazon. I'm Mike Keenan, your retirement coach. It's my hope that these podcasts might inspire a chuckle or two. Life confronts us with many adversities as we age. To cope with these setbacks, it's best to cultivate a sense of humor. Laughter is a powerful ally. It can take down crooked leaders, corrupt officials, and even inspire hope. That's what the Retirement Coach Podcasts are all about. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and tune in again next week.